So you want to build a house. Welcome to the podcast by Statera Homes. I'm Scott Daly, and I'm here with my co-host, Jackie Kowaleski. Hello. Put down your phone and say hello, Jackie. <laughs> it's not in my hands. That's not fair. Wow. Millennials. Good try. How about it? That wasn't, that didn't happen. So listen, today we're talking about HVAC equipment, mm -hmm. which is the stuff that keeps your house comfortable. Heating, cooling, ventilation. Yes. Right? Right. So that's what this is about. Very educational because this is an important thing for anyone that's thinking about purchasing a home. Whether you're going to buy a new home from Statero, of mm -hmm. course you are. Yeah. Or you're going to buy one of those dirty old used houses. Yeah, awful Yuck. idea. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Duh, bad, <laughs> bad, bad. I mean, even if you're renting. It's even still if you're renting, yeah. you want to know about HVAC. So yes. buckle up. Wow. We're going to very quickly run you up the steep slope of education on HVAC systems so that you can make a good choice Let's because do it. houses are expensive. We care about you. We do. Well, she does. No, I do. Okay, I care. I don't know if I do, actually. I don't know if <laughs> she does, but I know that I do. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's All right, let's move on. Mostly. Okay, so I, I'm guessing I'm supposed to read what you wrote right in front of me. Right in front of you, okay. Jackie. Thank you, broadcast professional. Uh, how is HVAC like meeting your best friend? Okay, so I am in eighth grade when this story unfolds, because I'm not actually in eighth grade now, and I actually have not been in eighth grade for some time. Okay, I'm going to set the scene in my mind. Okay, it's black and right. white. So this gentleman, in, uh, who would later be identified as Oliver, uh, is in comes into my class mid-year mm -hmm. uh, English class, and he starts making fun of me. He starts calling me fat. Yeah, it's bullying. Bullying. Um, but, you know, that's also kind of just middle school. Okay. And then there was the added complication that at least when he was insulting me relative to my weight being slightly excessive, which he was, mm -hmm. he wasn't wrong. That's unfortunate. I was a little <laughs> chubby. Okay. Right? Well, and so for beautiful people like Jackie, who've never had to deal with that. All right. Uh, anyway. We'll so unpack that later, but keep going. Right. It was, it was complicated. But at some point, Oliver decides he's no longer going to make fun of me. He's going to actually be nice to me. Well. Yeah. And, and you know, I didn't warm up to that idea right away because I kind of realized, hey, this kid was bullying me and now he right. wants to be my like friend. But eventually okay. he wore me down and we became friends nice and that was more than 30 years ago we remain friends to this day uh, who talk on a regular basis and so the point of the story is this like sometimes if you just dig a little deeper invest a little more time there is a rewarding outcome on the end so what we want you to do in every aspect of a house that you're thinking about buying new or used but of course you're buying new uh -huh. um, we want you to do a little bit of investigation because it is shocking to me how much money people will spend buying a house and how little they know about what they're buying. Sure. And we want to correct that. We want you to become educated consumers. Yes. So you can make intelligent decisions. Yes. So here we go. We're going to start talking about HVAC equipment. Yep. I'm ready. Okay. So let's talk about... The different types of systems. Yeah. What's up first? Heat exchangers. Heat exchangers. Okay. So... Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go from general to specific. So in general speaking, a heat exchanger is either taking heat from the inside of your house and taking it and dumping it outside. And so that would be air conditioning. Or it is taking heat from the outside and dumping it into your house. 
Okay. That would be heat. All air conditioners more or less work the same, and they are heat exchangers, and they take the heat from the, that is in your house, mm-hmm. and they dump it outside. Okay. Pure and simple. Uh, so any house that has any kind of a- air conditioning, whether it's central, ductless, you name it, mm-hmm. um, even the little things that you put in your windows, they all work uh, on the same principle. Okay. Now, the difference is that when you get into heat, there's a lot of ways, different ways that you can heat a house uh, for comfort. And so the first one is just air conditioning in reverse, and that's a heat pump. And that takes heat from the outside and puts it in your house. It's exchanging the heat. And so these things are all called air-to-air heat exchangers because they take air from the outside and exchange heat, you know, one way or the other with air on the inside. So okay. they're air-to-air heat exchangers. And so heat pumps, and if you're from a northern state, if you're from, like, New York or Maine or something, you go, I don't like heat pumps. They're not efficient. Is that and how they talk? Okay. That's all that. You know, people come in, I don't want a heat okay. pump. <laughs> you know, they're complaining, and heat pumps are terrible. Oh, and it's not a warm heat. And I just was always like, you know, is there a cold heat? That's interesting. That was hard for me mm. to get my head around. Okay. But, you know, like many things over the last 30 years, heat pumps have changed. It used to be that heat pumps weren't that efficient and couldn't work at very low temperatures. But now they make modulating heat pumps, which we'll explain those a little later, that can still function as air-to-air heat exchangers when the outside air is 5 degrees. And you wouldn't think you could take heat out of 5-degree air, but you can. Okay. It's a little expensive to do that. And just from a novice perspective, yes, you're saying air from the outside when it's cold. It obviously goes through some sort of conditioning to become warmer. You're going to explain that? Yeah. So what it does is it actually runs over a coil. Okay. Uh, and that coil uh, is condensed and that produces uh, the heat. And so, But a coil in a heat pump can actually take heat out of air that's like 30 degrees. Hmm. That can be done. That's a thing. Because there's still heat in that air. Not a lot. Not, not, not from a, a relative standpoint for how we feel as people. But there's absolutely ener- heat energy in cold air that can still be used by a heat pump. And that wasn't always the case. Um, So they have advanced, is what you're saying. Yeah, like everything. The technology has gotten to be big. Nice. Okay. Okay. So those are air-to-air heat exchangers. And then briefly, we'll talk about air-to-water or air-to-ground heat exchangers. And those are what we would normally call uh, geothermal systems. those are incredibly efficient, but they also tend to be expensive and complicated. And what they're basically using is the temperature of the ground, which in Delaware, when you get about 18 inches down, it's about 57 degrees and it's pretty stable for quite some time. How do you know that? I know they, they have this thing called the Internet, Jackie. I know. And it's just later the knowledge. I can you show just it to spit you. it out right away. Just so I'll introduce you. There's this thing called Google. It's I messed fascinating. Up. You're going to love it. It's going right, to blow your continue mind. Continue with your flow. Okay. So... Um, 18 inches down. 18 inches down, the, the, it, it's a constant temperature. And so what will happen is when you can exchange heat in one direction or the other with a constant temperature in the ground, it is relatively uh, easy to do. And so it's very efficient to do that. These systems don't have to work that hard to keep your house warm or cold. The downside of these systems is because they are using water that is, is brought in uh, through the ground, uh, they're pretty complicated and they're pretty expensive. And so a lot of times they're not necessarily worth the money that you have to invest, meaning you will not save enough energy and therefore energy bills and, right. and uh, that to justify the cost of the system 
over the life of the system. How? What's the length of a typical geothermal? Right. So system? there's 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 a closed loop and an open loop okay. geothermal. So a, a closed loop system basically treats um, the ground as as again a heat exchanger, and so it runs these tubes. They're full of water, but they're closed. So the water just circulates in these tubes, and they'll g- it'll go down to 150, 250, oh, wow. 300 feet. It if really it just depends. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then they, and then it'll come back up, you know, either, you know, cool back to the Earth's temperature, and mm. then the heat exchanger in the unit will take that and swap it out. Mm. There's also open loop, and open loop literally takes well, it's, it's a standard residential well, mm-hmm. and it takes water out, and then th- there's a return well that pumps the water back into the ground. Hmm. And um, so it's it's constantly using new water. Um, and sometimes those are problematic down here at the beach because there's a lot of sand. Uh, and if a well kicks uh, sand, which is not an unusual thing in a well here uh, near the beach, uh, they can clog the system with the sand. And okay. you've got to have well pumps that are working. As you can, just more moving parts. The open loop systems are actually a little more efficient than the closed loop systems. Uh, they're all very efficient. There used to be some tax credits you could get with those things that you can't really get anymore. Okay. And it's hard to justify the cost. Gotcha. So those are heat exchangers. What's next? Air conditioning. Air conditioning, heat exchanger. So we kind of covered that. And everybody's got the same type of air conditioning, any kind of central air or ductless. They all work the same. Right. Okay. So that's... All you need to know on air conditioning. I just want to make sure we're getting the list we got getting down here. Getting the list, yes. Uh, furnace. Furnace. Okay, so a lot of times you will have a system that he- uses a completely independent heating system and a completely independent cooling system. So right. the cooling system is an air conditioner. It's an air-to-air or air-to-water, air-to-ground heat exchanger. Done. Yep. Everybody's the same. Then for heating, you can have a furnace. And a furnace might use something like propane or natural gas to heat up a chamber that will then heat up the air and heat up your house by Mm -hmm. blowing, forcing that air through ducts and so on and so forth. And so that is an independent system that works um, differently. So you'll see people that, and you can always tell if um, somebody will take their air conditioner and cover it in the winter. I don't know if you've ever seen a house where somebody will like take it and and take their air conditioner Mm. and cover it in plastic. No, Um, I haven't. It's not common, but people do do it. And what that, they obviously... They have a furnace because they're condensing. Their outdoor con- uh, compressor unit is not going to run in the wintertime because it's air conditioning only. Okay. Um, and so those are very common in this area as well. Some people get nervous about uh, the cost of the fuel because over the last 10 or 12 years, there's been some pretty big variations in the cost for propane and natural gas. Sure. But that's not that huge of a concern anymore. These systems are very durable and they're pretty efficient. And a lot of people have an interest in natural gas. Right. Natural gas is a big thing that is really being brought to Sussex County, Delaware in a lot of places. They didn't used to have these lines. They're running them everywhere now. People love that. And some people say they like the the feeling of the warmth of a furnace that comes out. Yeah. I don't know how different that is, but uh, it's certainly a perception. Okay. So, so what next? We'll cover a couple other systems that are not that not as common and certainly not in new construction. One we have in the office, hot water systems. The hot water system. So that's a boiler in the basement and radiator heat, uh, which in theory works uh, pretty well. The problem is, is that you, it's an older system, very complicated, a lot of water that's under pressure running through your house, which makes people nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually tied to a house like in our office where 
We're in downtown Rehoboth Beach. Our house is somewhere between 90 and 100 years old that are that are <laughs> offices and so you don't just get the old uh radiators you get the old windows the old insulation the old everything oh yeah and it's breezy inside it's and cold, cold. Yeah. Layers. layers layers uh so that is a system that you don't see very often that still exists it's not mm-hmm. completely um uncommon in a lot of times in a newer house you'll see baseboard heat that can still be hot water baseboard heat uh, and you might see that in very, very northern uh, climates uh, as well, but it's not too common around here unless it's in an older house. All right. What else? Duckless systems. Duckless systems. Some people call these the Mitsubishi systems because that's a brand that makes them. Mm-hmm. The duckless systems are great. They are heat pumps, but they are small, typically designed to work in a single room, and then they have... Uh, no ducts, so the air is heated and cooled in that individual room, usually in a little unit that mounts in the ceiling or on the wall. And they're incredibly efficient because they don't have any duct work. Duct work leaks. Um, they put the heating and cooling exactly in the air where it needs to be in that room. And then you can design a multi-room ductless system if you'd like. Uh, that can run together, and you can have individual thermostats. Everybody gets their own temperature. You can turn down rooms that you're not using. Okay. Uh, so they're very popular. Uh, a lot of people don't like the units on the walls with the units in the ceiling, uh, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're very efficient, and and they're really uh, they're really a good option. And so you would have a a thermostat in each room. In each room, hmm. which can be good or bad, right? Yeah. So, but that's how ductless systems work. I can't so. even imagine growing up with a thermostat in each room. I'm not allowed to touch the thermostat. Isn't that a rule? Right. You're oh, that a dad. You always, know that. Oh, my gosh. You're definitely not. I wasn't allowed to touch it. My that's kids weren't a, either. That's the rule. Right? Uh, okay. Now we can... Well, so do we want to talk about the different pricing for those or... Okay. So generally speaking, heat pumps are the most cost effective. Okay. Because it uses all the same equipment. Gas furnaces add a little to that cost. Some people will even want to go what's what's called a dual fuel or a hybrid system, and what mm-hmm. that is is a heat pump with a gas backup. Uh, those are very popular down here. Um, I, I think they're kind of redundant. I'm not a huge fan because you'll spend more money than you'll probably ever save, but they're a thing because you just have to basically buy a gas furnace and a complete heat pump and an air conditioner altogether uh, versus just having two of those three. Uh, so you're spending that money, but... Um, I don't know that you're really getting a lot of bang for your buck, but they're popular. What's People the like most them. popular? The most popular, I would think, down here, I s- mostly we see is, is some kind of gas heat and air conditioning. Okay. Um, and that's uh, that's typical. So, And those systems can be very efficient based upon how they're set up to run. Hmm. Right? Are we going to talk about that right now? I don't now? know. Why don't we? Let's talk about it. So let's talk about kind of the three ways that uh, these systems run. They and that would either be like a single speed, a dual speed, or a modulating system. And this is the, you know, kind of look at it, think of it like the accelerator, you know, that uh, in a car. And so you have a car that has doesn't have an accelerator like you would think a, a typical gas pedal that you can push down at different levels. In a single speed system, you have 100% throttle or zero. Okay. And so sometimes pushing the gas pedal all the way to the floor makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if that was the only way you could drive, you'll get where you need to go, but it is relatively complicated and inefficient because when you push the gas or the accelerator all the way to the ground, you're using a lot of energy mm-hmm. in the form of fuel. 
it's not that efficient, and uh, then you have to let off the gas. That's it. So that's one way to drive. Okay. The second way, and so those are single-speed units. They're not that efficient. Uh, they're not even that common anymore, but uh, older systems will be single-speed. Sure. The next step up would be like a two-speed system, and this system can run at like 60% power okay. and 100% power. And now for a, for an accelerator in a car, that's still pretty lame, but I can tell you that's a whole lot better than it was. Yeah. Um, but those systems are great because they are relatively inexpensive. They're simple, which means they're durable and they'll last for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time they can run at the lower setting, which will keep your house warm or cold, keep your house comfortable, mm -hmm. and save a lot of energy because it's running at the lower setting. Okay. And then finally, there's what's called a modulating and those systems can run anywhere from zero to 100%. Some of them run at like 30 to 100%. And they can go at, at any step in between based upon whatever it's needed to keep the house comfortable. Okay. And so those are the most efficient systems. And they're very desirable. And everybody says, oh, I want that. And there's a little catch that comes along with those systems. Of course there is. There's always a catch. Yep. And the catch is that they're... They, they usually tie you to a bunch of other expensive components, be it air handlers, thermostats. For uh, the modulating. For the saying. modulating okay. system. So, you know, it's like, again, going back to the car analogy, let's just say you want heated seats. And, you know, you go to the car dealership, I, got, I, I want heated seats. And they say, oh, yeah, it's all part of a luxury package. Well, I don't want the navigation and the leather and the electric seats. I mm -hmm. just want heated seats. And they say, well, if you want heated seats, you're getting the luxury package. So what does that mean? What does it come with then? It comes with an expensive proprietary thermostat. It comes with a communicating air handler. Okay. All this stuff is just a lot more complex. I see. It's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that there are strings attached that if you walk in and just say, man, I'm just going to get a modulating. Right. Pump. It seems like the best yeah. solution when you just list it like right. that. But then, okay. Until you break it out and you realize, man, it's complicated. Right. Gotcha. And so, um, so that's not the standard. The standard system, like it's Deterra, is a two-speed mm -hmm. gas furnace uh, with a two-speed air conditioner. And we found those to be efficient. And you don't just want them to be efficient. You want them to be durable um, because they're expensive units. Sure. So they have, to, they have to work well for a long period of time. Right. So, uh, so what else? So let's talk about some other things that you just need to know in general. With HVAC. Jackie, nice. what's the first one? Say it. Oh, this is like music to my ears. Say <laughs> I it. just know this is the one you're looking for. The most efficient system is the one that isn't running. Oh, preach. Say that again, Jackie. Oh, my gosh. Please. The most efficient system is the one that isn't running. Right. And so... I wonder who came up with that. Who came up with that? I don't know. So your system is 100% efficient when it's turned off. We understand that it's the terror. So one of the things that we do is we will give you a Nest thermostat that will help monitor when your system needs to run. We're going to give you great windows and insulation so that your system can keep the comfortable air in and the outdoor air out. Mm -hmm. So your system has to run less. You know, a lot of people are concerned when they, they start looking at new homes or used homes. Well, I want to know what kind of efficiency I'm getting in my HVAC unit. And we kind of take a different tax. We're sitting there saying, we want to explain to you the other the way we're building your house so that the thing doesn't have to turn on mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point there right yeah because it's a lot cheaper to go with good insulation and good windows sure and then the system doesn't run as much and here's the fun part about that you save on energy and maintenance because it lasts longer when it doesn't run all the time right how about that 
walls and roof. Oh my god. So gosh. we've learned from previous podcasts. S- indeed. So that's huge. That is like that's our thing mm-hmm. for energy efficiency. Yes. So what else? The most efficient system and I I'm actually really c- curious about this one. The most efficient system might not keep you comfortable. Right. So let's talk about some uh, building methods, okay? Okay. So ductwork. Ductwork is hidden behind the drywall of your house, and you have two independent duct systems in a house that uses uh, central ductwork. One would be your supplies and your returns. And the supplies go from the furnace to your floor or your ceiling, depending on the design. And they take the conditioned air and they put it in your house. So in the, in the wintertime, you put your foot on that. It feels warm. It's great. In the summertime, you put your hand on that. It feels cold. That's coming straight from the system itself. Gotcha. But then there are these returns. And the returns are things that suck the air back into the system so that it can be conditioned and kicked back out. Yes. Now, there's a couple of ways to game the system. There are builders that will sit there and tell you that they have very low duct leakage, which sounds great. Because the last it, it is inherently inefficient if your ducts leak air, yeah. right? You want that air in your house, not in your walls, not in your attic or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay. But the easiest way that builders find to reduce duct leakage is just to reduce duct work. So, so you less track. Less track. So okay. they will take your, your return, and this is where they do it. Okay. And they will give you one big, gigantic central return. Okay. And so, and that goes right straight into the furnace. So there's almost zero return ductwork. So it's not going to leak very much. So they're going to tell you, oh my gosh, our ductwork doesn't leak. But what they're not telling you is, oh my gosh, we're only putting in one big central return, which might actually be a little more efficient. The problem is you've got that front bedroom in your rancher, right? So you bought this rancher, you got the front bedroom, it gets morning sun, it doesn't get afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. And so when your heat runs, there's nothing in that room that is going to take air out to keep to balance it. All the air is coming out of this big central return that is stuck in the middle of your house. So you got to just keep your doors open. So you got to keep your doors. So <laughs> what they'll right. do and this is again, this is what they don't tell you. They will put a false vent above your door so that air can just supposedly flow out or they'll cut the door to the room higher so that air can flow out the bottom. Now, this might actually be more energy efficient, but it's not comfortable. It's a cheaper way to build, hmm. and it's just, it's, we don't think it's good practice. That's so interesting. So, that is really interesting. So, it could be more energy efficient, but it's not as comfortable. Right, because how do you balance it? So, it's to Terra, we're oh, going to take okay. all of your bedrooms, and we're going to put a return in your bedroom. So, yeah. that when your door is closed, because in our experience, most people sleep in a bedroom with a closed door. Oh, yeah and your system turns on, it is literally pulling air and supplying air Mm. to all the bedrooms at the same time. Now, this results in more ductwork, which costs more money, and it results in more ductwork, which generally leads to more air leakage. Right. But what is the point of having this super energy-efficient heating and air conditioning system if you have rooms that are uncomfortable? Right. Oh, yeah. That's silly. Right. So Sorry. do you want to mention SEER? We've mentioned SEER before. So a lot of people want to talk about SEER and they come in one of our model homes and they say, I want a 18 SEER unit. Mm-hmm. And SEER mm-hmm. is, an, is an acronym. What's that stand for, Jackie? Seasonal Energy Efficiency Ratio. Right. So it's S-E-E-R. Yep. Or S-E-E-R. 
Oh. Two E's. It's a little hard to say, hard to hard to communicate in a podcast. That's fine. And what that is is that is a ratio uh, that is a ratio that explains how efficient your air conditioning system is. And the reason why we'll take that as a as a fact that maybe these people need a little more education about HVAC is if that's all they're talking about, air conditioning isn't the thing you need to be worried about in Delaware. Right, we're in Delaware. Is it, Jackie? No. So, Jackie, drop some knowledge about heating and cooling and degree days and all this stuff that will explain why SEER is not that big of a deal. Sure. Okay. So this was a pretty cool exercise. What we did was took a baseline of 65 uh, degrees. So that's like the inside temperature. Yeah. Now we're just acknowledging, for all you that are saying this, 65 degrees is a little cold in the winter maybe. Yes. And it's really cold in the summer. Yeah. But you look, you got to start somewhere. So work with us, right? Right. So the house is always 65. Yes. For the purpose of this exercise, please keep the house at 65 degrees. Done. Okay. So then we looked at the days, uh, uh, each day of the year, if the outside temperature was higher or lower than the base of 65, that was either heating or cooling degrees. So for example, if it were 80 degrees outside, you take the difference from 65, the base, which is what you have the inside of your house, and then those would be cooling degrees because it is right. higher than the base. So that would give you 15 cooling degrees yes. on that day. And so they take Great the math. average temperature of the day, right? Because the temperature changes yes. through the day. Yes, average temperature of each day, add it up throughout the year. And, and you get this number of degrees. Yes. So the cooling degrees... I'm going to say, okay, here it is. The cooling degrees were 1,238. Right. And then the heating degrees for the year were 4,437. Okay, so if say that again one more time. The cooling degrees were what? 1,238. Okay, so your HVAC system has to account in the summer for a spread of 1,000... 238 on average for each day. For the summer. Right. For okay. The, yeah. So that's your system has to overcome that in the summer to keep your house at 65 degrees. Yes. Okay. What about the winter? Okay. And then the winter, 4,437. 4,437. Yeah. So your heating and air conditioning system has to overcome that in the wintertime. Right. That is a much larger number than cooling. Yeah, I that was a really good exercise for me because I, I just like numbers and that really put it into perspective. Right. And so just to give you a perspective, what's the average temperature in January? We have that 35.2. Right. So if you just look in, th this is how this makes sense, right? So if you're keeping your house at 65, the average temperature in the coldest month of the year is 35. So it's a 30 degree spread on average every day that your system has to overcome. Yes. The hottest month of the year is? July. And what's the average temperature? 77.7. 77.7. So the average in July, which is the hottest month of the year, your system has to overcome 12 degrees of difference mm -hmm. versus 30 in the winter. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into our model home or anybody's model home or you're listening to your builder and they're talking about the SEER rating of the HVAC system, what right. you really ought to be thinking is, Huh. That doesn't matter right. nearly as much. So then what let, let's expand on that a little bit. So then what would they what would you want them to ask? Instead of asking what's your SEER rating, which might be a good question. It's but not a bad question. Yeah. But then what should they ask after that? Just know that your system is gonna work all what, three and a half times 
harder keeping you warm versus right. keeping you cold. So ask about the heating system and how right. that works. Or ask about the windows uh, and, and how they're insulated. You know, a lot of builders these days are talking about this solar coating uh, that they'll put on the windows. It'll keep the heat out. Well, look, you don't necessarily want the heat out because, yeah, in the summertime, that's great. It's going to keep the heat out. But mm -hmm. the other times of the years, if you have these great windows that are blocking all this solar heat, you want the solar heat in. So let me give you a, 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 an easier, more green way to do this. Buy a deciduous tree and plant it in front of your windows. <laughs> so in the summertime, it'll have leaves on it. It'll block that hot, evil sun. In the wintertime, the leaves will fall off, and it'll let the sun in, and your cat will lay there in front of it in the sun. Maybe your dog, too, but cats seem to like laying Just in the sun Just painted more. a very nice picture. Right? That, and, and you're planting a tree. Right. You're saving the world. You're saving the world, and you're showing, like, an educated customer. Look, if we lived in Florida... You would want something to block the sun, right? That uh, Very different climate. Air conditioning is a thing there, and heat really isn't. Mm -hmm. But we don't. We live in an area that heat is more important. You want to figure out ways to let solar heat into your house, not mm -hmm. keep it out. Keeping it out, bad, bad, bad. For most of the year. Sorry. Right. Okay. Just saying. So uh, that's thing. What else? Let's wrap this up. So we've explained why heating and cooling are different. We've explained all these systems. Mm -hmm. One final thing. Brands. Brands. That's one thing I am super curious about. So listen, they're like, again, we'll stick with the car analogy. There are different car brands that have different perceptions of quality and, and things like that. It's the same thing in HVAC system. Now let me tell you what you don't want to do. Don't go online and find high-rated HVAC systems that are rated by normal people. Because I will tell you this. Every brand gets trashed on the Internet. And the reason why they get trashed on the Internet, because they don't work. And 90 percent of the problems that you're going to find with an HVAC system has nothing to do with the system. It has to do with the install. Mm, OK. And so, oh, I got this brand new system and it is made by Train. And Train is generally thought in the industry to be a very good brand. But you're trashing Train. Why? Because the guy installed your Train wrong. And that's not really not Train's fault, although someone's trashing them online. Sure. Ask an HVAC professional mm -hmm. who lives in your town if you're moving here don't ask ask them say hey what brands are good sure and you're going to find out that some brands are good bad and you know this is one of the ironies of our business is that you can find stuff that is builder grade and it blows me away that builder grade is synonymous for cheap yeah that just doesn't make any sense right it doesn't but it's so true and so there are builder grade i.e cheap hvac systems and these mm -hmm. systems are going to have the same level of efficiency but they're just not going to last as long. Mm -hmm. uh, and the warranties aren't going to be as good. And the people that are going to work are going to complain about working on these units. So there are systems that are cheap, mm -hmm. uh, poorly made or not as well-made systems that just don't last as long that are a lot less expensive to install. And so it's not just, oh, I need this super high-efficiency system put into my house because you want that, but you want to know the brand mm -hmm. because you want that super high-efficiency system to last for a long time. These things are expensive to replace. It is inconvenient. Your air conditioner does not 
crap out on the beautiful 68-degree day in April when all your windows are open. It craps out on the 94-degree day in the middle of the summer where there's 97% humidity and there's a mosquito invasion in your neighborhood. <laughs> that's when your AC stops working, okay? And, oh, that's a Saturday afternoon and you can't get anybody on the phone. That's when it stops working. It's like they know. It's like it happened to you before or something. Something. I I obviously know. got some unresolved yeah, anger issues related to, to that. Right? Take a breath. What brand do we use? We use Ream. Ream is generally recognized to be a pretty high quality brand. We don't have a lot of callbacks. You know, we look at warranty calls like that as they're better never made. Meaning if we can do it right, you don't have to call. We don't have a warranty. We don't have to come back. Costs us money to come back. You get frustrated and we have to come back. And look, we're human. Sooner or later so you're gonna have to come we're gonna have to come back for something. Sure. But we're not coming back because these units and these units are lasting for years and years and years and that matters so the brand not just the specs that's a thing that you want to look at regardless i mean if you're crazy enough to buy a used home fine thanks for listening <laughs> to the podcast we like you anyway sort of mm -hmm. um but if you're buying new uh you want to know the manufacturer and you want to ask somebody in the business hey is this brand Good or bad, and and get an honest answer because sure. that stuff matters. So, so that's it. So there's the primer. That's it in heating and air conditioning HVAC systems. Now you're educated. You have the tools to go out and make a great decision. That's right. And so we're so excited for you. Check out our other podcast episodes. Yes. Uh, tell your friends about it because we really think that you the more you know the better of a decision you're going to make about where you live yes. so so this is the so you want to build a house podcast i'm scott daly and i'm jackie kowaleski and we'll look forward to spending time with you in our next episode So You Want to Build a House is brought to you by Statera Homes. Statera Homes is a craft home builder in Southern Delaware. This builder finds value in working with you to build a home that is the perfect fit for your lifestyle. Statera truly sets themselves apart from other builders in the area. To find out more, visit their website, www.staterahomes.com. That's S-T-A-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-E-S.com. Or call their model home at area code 302-329-8881. That's 302-329-8881. Music from this podcast was by the band Defining Parallel from their recent single, Painted Lives. Thank you for listening to So You Want to Build a House. To stay updated on the most recent episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you found it to begin with. Or check out Statera Homes' website, which is, again, www.staterahomes.com. Thank you very much.